before we even get into this episode, let me apologize for the inconsistency I have of dropping content. Um, the past couple of months, I've been through a lot of fucking shit. Just, I've just been through some shit. Not like bad shit, but it's just a lot of shit that's been going on. Uh, my uncle passed away. One of my friends passed away. Found out recently one of my friends is missing. It's just, it's just a lot. Niggas moved and it's a new career path I'm taking on. It's just so fucking much. But I promise I'm going to try to be more, more, uh, more hands on with the podcast. I'm going to try to drop more content for y'all niggas because it's a few of y'all who actually asked me about it. And I appreciate y'all asking me. So for everybody that be tuned in with the podcast, I appreciate you. Thank you. I love you. And I'm going to try to do better. But for now, here's the wrap up of Slumlords, Queens and Bronx. My name is Marcus Sharp. Go check me out on YouTube. I am a fucking comedian. So I make the call to 311, right? I give them the address. Uh, I tell them everything that's going on with the house and all the bullshit and fuckery. And apparently, this nigga done had so many people that lived there and put reports in that they already knew about the situations that were going on. So, <laughs> they uh they document my call. They document everything I'm saying. They say they're going to come in, I think, a week or like a week and a half to come inspect the house. Now, mind you, it's damn near like almost the end of the month. It's around that time that I was about to leave the crib because I honestly couldn't stay there anymore. Like, health-wise, it was bad. And then I just wasn't with the bullshit, like unnecessary stress I'm not dealing with and I I had to get up out of there so I thought about it for mad long I talked to my brother I talked to my girl and I decided to go into the shelter after uh 311 came to visit so during the time of me waiting for the 301 visit because like I said it was about a week later or a week and a half I'm going to work so <laughs> I remember I'm leaving out one morning and there's this guy sitting outside the crib. So he's like, he stops me. He's like, yo, you live here? I'm like, yeah. He's like, yo, I'm from Con Ed. I'm here to uh, cut the power off. I'm like, damn, bro. I don't know what to tell you. You got to talk to the landlord about that. He's like, yo, we've been trying to get in contact with him for a few months now, but he doesn't return our calls. He doesn't reply to anything. So like he has an outstanding balance. So at this time, I already seen that this nigga had like eleven thousand dollar bill at a for Con Ed for this house. So I tell homie, I'm like, yo, bro, I don't know what to tell you. I get in contact with that nigga, I'm out. Like I'm on my way to work. I dip off. So I come back to the crib. I tell everybody, I'm like, yo, uh, Con Ed is gonna cut the cut the power. Like so, either y'all niggas, we better pitch in to get like a generator or something, or what because. I'm not about to be here with no power because I was still like at my mind. I I knew I was going to the shelter, but I was still iffy about it because I didn't want to go and deal with the rules and regulations of being in the shelter. Like it wasn't my first rodeo and I know what it feels like to be there. Like that shit is depressing. So I'm talking to my cousin downstairs. This nigga, technically his address and shit was different from ours. So he didn't have the issue of Con Ed like coming to cut the power. So he was good. So I'm talking to the nigga. 
He's like, yo, bro, just run a wire out the um out the window. We'll plug you into our shit. You can use our shit, this, that, and the third. I'm like, yo, bro, I appreciate that, but I shouldn't have to go through that, my nigga. Like, it's summertime. Niggas got the AC going. Like, niggas don't want to deal with that shit. So, 311, they finally come to the house. They inspect this shit. They see, like, yeah, this nigga's living foul. Like, the the ceiling in the kitchen's a big-ass hole. That nigga's covered with a garbage bag. It's leakage near electrical wires. You could smell mold. Like I said from the last episode, it's a thousand gnats everywhere. And he's like, all right, so I'm going to just, I'm going to report this. And we just got to wait to see. Like, it's always a process. Like. That's not something that was going to happen immediately, and I knew that. So after 311 leaves, I just made it up in my mind. I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to go to the shelter. I'm not, I'm not dealing with this shit no more. So I packed my shit up, and I got up out of there. I did what I knew was right for me because, one, it wasn't healthy. Two, I was dealing with a bitch-ass landlord. And three, I couldn't even bring my son there if I wanted to. Like, I had a very bad cough, and... With the mold and everything, I was I was never going to do that. So I go into the shelter, and at first they kept me at a uh, 30th Street, the fucking the fucking the what is that shit called? Sir? What is that shit called? Bellevue. They kept me at Bellevue. I was there for about a week and a half because I had to wait and talk to one of the uh, counselors. And, you know, just pretty much tell them what brought me to the shelter. Why can't I go anywhere else? And the regular bullshit, because this wasn't my first rodeo, and I knew what I was getting myself into. So I was coming with a whole different energy. Any other time I went into the shelter, because I did this shit like twice, probably three times, like twice by myself and once with a female. But every time I went into that shit, I always found a way out. I always found a room for rent or... Somebody will let me stay at their crib or nine times out of ten it was a room for it. I wasn't really staying at niggas' cribs for free back then, so I was really like finding little loopholes to get up out of that shit because if you ever been in a shelter, that shit is not somewhere you choose to go willingly, but it's something like you have to do. Or it's like you gotta you gotta be prepared for this shit. It's not like niggas is in there getting stabbed up and jumped. It's not like jail, but the way they treat you, how some of the people treat you, the shit that you see in the shelter, like how humans just accept their faith and not deal with it, like that shit will change your perspective on things. So I'm up in Bellevue, you know. I got I'm in uh in a room with two other dudes and it's it's cool. Like I'm next to the window, which was good for me because I get hot easily, and I like to have the windows open and all of that shit. So that was cool for me. It wasn't no winos or no druggies. Like, niggas smoked weed. Because, yes, niggas were smoking weed in the shelter. And it was just regular. The, the craziest thing I seen in there was, I remember the two craziest things I seen in there. The first night I got there, I seen one of the guards get it on with one of the, um, one of the clients, because that's what they call us when you're in a shelter. You're a client. I seen one of the guards like get it on with the client. <laughs> and that was the funniest shit because I guess he was a regular and like this is what he did. But I'm just sitting there looking at this shit. And I'm like, yo, y'all niggas is wilding in here. Like it, it's just funny to me how 
it could even get to that level that a nigga in the shelter is dead brawling with a security guard. Like, they pulling this nigga to the back. They don't pull up, pull up. Niggas is coming out. You can hear the thumping through the walls. And it's just like, yo, these niggas is wild. So that was the first wild thing. The second wild thing, I was going to take a shower. And uh, surprisingly, the showers were, there was, they was okay. You feel me? Like, it wasn't the nastiest things, but it wasn't the cleanest things. It's just the shit that niggas did in there. One, niggas had a bathtub in there, and I have no idea why they had a bathtub in a homeless shelter, in a men's shelter at that, but whatever. But I remember I was going to go take a shower one time, and <laughs> when I opened the door, because when you walk in, you walk in, it's the... uh. The bathtubs is right there to your right. The showers is to your left. And there's like a, a toilet right in the back right corner, like the back left corner past the showers. So when I walk in, this nigga is up there in the, in the bathroom and like in the toilet. He sees me. This nigga got a whole needle in his hand. He about to shoot up. He's like, yo, you about to use the bathroom? I'm like, yeah, I'm about to take a shower, bro. He's like, oh, my bad, boss. My bad, man. I'm like, nah, you good. He's like, yo, just let me know when you done. I'm like, yo, I got you, bro. Like, don't even worry about it. I got you. So I take my quick shower and I get up out of there. Rule number one, if you ever go into the showers, I mean, into the shelters, shit, facts. If you ever go into the shower shelters, don't go into that shit barefoot. You feel me? Like, niggas is weirdos. Like, niggas shit in them showers. Niggas pissing them showers. Niggas be shooting themselves up. So, you know, it's blood in there. It's needles in there. Don't go into that shit barefooted. You don't know what niggas is doing. Like, it's disgusting. But after I got up out of there, they sent me to some spot in the Bronx. I can't even remember the name of it, but I remember going there and I got a whole different vibe from it from any other shelter that I've been to before. The shit was in Parkchester on the 6th train. I cannot remember the name of that shit for nothing. I wish I did. But I remember going in and, um... The shit was super fucking clean. Like, the dorms were super clean. Like, it was crazy that this was part of the shelter because when I talked to the counselor, I told her that I worked. And usually when you work, they place you in better facilities. And I remember the last time I was there, um, they had placed me in a Marriott. So I was hoping that I could get, like, another hotel or something. But I guess this is all they had available due to it being COVID and the shelters was packed. I'm not going to lie to you. The shelters was packed, but they weren't as packed as they could be. So I go to the dorm and uh, I guess just from how I carry myself, how I talk, like people could tell if you're one of them niggas who's a druggie or if you were like about your business, like, are you going to be a good, like a good nigga to deal with? Because sometimes if you're one of those niggas that they could tell you're not worth it, they're not going to put that energy into you. And even though you have to do your own footwork, you still got to go through them to approve a lot of shit and for them to push a lot of shit through. So I'm meeting them and I'm telling them, like, y'all work. I got a son. Uh, I came from a fucked up landlord. And I just I need to I, I need my own shit like I need I need it better. So they see it's like, all right, Mr. Shaw, we gonna work with you. And I can't front. This was probably the best group of females that i've came across in a shelter 
like the shelter program that actually helped us for some reason it's more females than men who work in the shelter systems and i don't know if that's just how it is but them ladies definitely helped me out they pushed a lot of my papers through they got my uh my programs my vouchers they got everything ready but this is when i started to feel like uh it's just no hope it, hope for me so it's around the time that I got my city FEPS voucher. Like, I'm at the end of the process to get my apartment. And I remember she brought up to me that she had an apartment available for me in the Bronx. So we go see the apartment. And it's not the best apartment, but for me, because that's how they do it. They do it on the family size. And since I was by the, in there by myself, it was only a one like a one person apartment type shit so um six foot and it was probably i say six three in height like i couldn't put my arms up like if i did I, my arms would have been super bent i just damn near elbow space that i've had if that um the shower was in a weird position but coming from the shelter and just wanted to get out, I took it. I wanted the apartment and I took it like, yo, get me the fuck out of here. I, I just need my own shit. I need my own space. I, I just need to be able to see my son have my girl over when I want. Like this shelter shit is not it for me. So she she's like, all right. So I talked to the landlord of this apartment. He likes the vibe. We, we feel in each other like it's a good vibe because he still had to interview the clients that would possibly be moving in. So he's fucking with me. He's like, all right, cool. You could take the apartment. So I'm happy. I tell my grandma, yo, babe, I got an apartment. I'm going to be out of here in the next couple of weeks. Like, I finally did that shit. Like, I'm almost out of this shit. So in the midst of all of this, uh, my housing manager, she tells me that DHS had selected me to be a participant in some program long story short they have found up they chose me to move into an apartment in the next few months but the thing was i could not see the apartment unless i was willing to move in so i wouldn't see the apartment until i literally moved in for the first time she gave me the address of the building and i googled it and it was a nice ass building but it was just like, nah, I need to see the inside. Like, the outside could be beautiful, but the inside could be shit. So she was telling me, she's like, yeah, Mr. Sharp, I agree with you. That's not that's not something that I would just jump with at, at all. So I'm like, yo, I'm not doing the DHS shit. I'm not taking that apartment. I'm going to go with the one in the Bronx that we found. So, next few days go on i'm checking up on her like i regularly do because that's what i have to do show her pay stubs and just show her that i'm still up to date with everything to keep my voucher open so i come in and she just looks at me she's like uh mr sharp i'm like yeah, what happened man like what happened she's like um you remember that apartment that you went and seen in the bronx i'm like yeah what's up yeah, so that's no longer available. The um the landlord wasn't paying, I guess, his his rent or paying the apartments off and 
they were seized. So we have to go with the other route of the DHS apartment if you're still willing to do that. Or you could wait and we can see if we come across anything else. When she told me that shit, my fucking heart broke. Like, it's like, yo, what the fuck? It's like, I will never, it's like, I will never be able to rest my head comfortably. Like, so I tell her, I'm like, yo, fuck it, man. I'm going to go with the DHS apartment. It's available. Or if they're still open to it, tell them that I'm going to go with it. And it's whatever. I'll just deal with it when I get it. So shortly after that, probably like, I'll say a week or two later, I had got a call that, um, that my uncle had passed away and, uh, I had went out to Virginia to go bury my uncle. Uh, the people in the shelter, they, they gave me the time away to go out there and, and go, uh, attend a funeral. And that was pretty rough for me because that was my last uncle. And that was my favorite uncle. That was my uncle tip. And it was just, I just felt defeated. You feel me? Like, I just felt like there was no, no light at the end of the tunnel. Shit. Actually, the My Dad and Me episode was shot while I was in Virginia for my uncle's funeral. And... I just felt that I needed to record that episode to have something with my father in it. You feel me? Like, but that's besides the point. So while I'm out there, my girl called me. She's like, yo, babe, guess what? I'm like, what's up? She's like, we got the apartment. And I just felt like this weight come off of my shoulders because we was both working on the same goal. But on different paths. I was going my way of doing it. And she was going her way of doing it. But we both knew the end goal was to be together as a family. And to finally have that. With no slumlords. Is a beautiful fucking feeling. And with that. I will wrap up. This episode of Slumlord. Queens. Bronx. Brooklyn. I'm done. My name is Tone Barbudo, a.k.a. Bearded Bully. Go check out my stand-ups on YouTube. I am a comedian. You know, I like to tell a little jokey joke here and there. Go search Marcus Sharp. No E at the end of Sharp. It should be one of the first videos in your search bar when it comes up. And leave, leave your thoughts, man. Like, comment, subscribe, share, tell a friend to tell a friend. It's Bully Talk Podcast. I'm out.